0: Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, I figured I'd share another story with you. A couple episodes ago, I told you the time I went down to uh, Camden Yards and kind of got a few Yankee autographs. Uh, so that kind of clicked another memory in my head, and, you know, even 10 years before that, uh, involving, involving getting some autographs from Yankee players. But before I do get into the uh, long tail, uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, Section 420, Talking Yankees. Wherever you're listening to us right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button. Get notified when new content comes up. Again, got to get exclusive content such as these stories that only available for podcast subscribers. So uh, this was back in 1994. Uh, it was when Phil Rizzuto was um, inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, he had his little speech up in Cooperstown. And then I don't know if it was the same exact night, possibly, or maybe like a day after. They had a little ceremony for him at Yankee Stadium. It was like Phil Rizzuto Day. Uh, it was a night game against the Baltimore Orioles. And I've told pieces of the story on different areas and platforms. Uh, even in one of my books I wrote, uh, several years ago as well, but I'm kind of like going to put it all together. Cause there's actually a lot more to do with the story than I you know, initially discussed. Uh, I actually had it involved, you know, a game a week before that. Uh, so, so basically what happened was that, um, uh, my dad had a coworker who had a relative that worked at Yankee stadium. Now it's a female and I'm probably gonna say the word she and her a lot. So I'm not going to say her real name. Let's just call her Abby. So basically, it was set up where me and my dad were gonna go, go to a baseball game, and around the fifth inning, go meet up at Abby where she worked. I'm not gonna say exactly what she did, and then she was gonna take us or take me down to where the Yankees exit the uh, their clubhouse and then go into the parking lot. Now there's a police barricade there, um, so you know fans could stand there, you could lean over try to get an autograph, and there's always people that see the Yankees leave the leave the clubhouse and go out to the parking lot. But supposedly whoever's the head of security or in charge of that barricade, that area was going to let me go under the barricade and get right near like the Yankee clubhouse exit and just kind of get a prime spot just to get some autographs. So that was what we, that that was going to be the setup. So um, my dad took me to Abby, uh, then went back to the seat, Abby. And so just me, me and Abby, she walked me down to the head of security guy and we kind of, we set this all up. And basically we were going to use a code where after the game, I was going to go right, right after the game, go down to see him. And use the code Abby sent me, and that was kind of like the, just a reminder of right, yeah, I'm the kid. Let me under the barricade so you get the autograph. So this was all set up. Uh, you know, I had a bag on me with some baseball, some baseball cards, and this was like the '94 Yankees. So you know, I'm all excited. I'm like, you know, 12 year old a kid, I'm gonna meet Don Mattingly, I'm gonna see Paul O'Neill, and you know, you know all this stuff. So you know, I'm all, all jazzed up about that. So. You know, thing goes on. I think again, yeah, it was a game against the Cleveland Indians. I can't remember if the Yankees won. For some reason, I think they won that game like four to two. This it was like a Friday night game, uh, kind of a whole hum game. Uh, so after the game, me and my dad walked down to where I was supposed to go. I see the security guy, and just like clockwork, I say that the the code Abby sent me, and he kind of looks at me cockeyed, like "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Remember, I'm gonna go get the autographs." He's like, "I don't know what you're talking about, kid," and I'm like completely lost. So. You know, I go from, like, you know, about to, like, enter heaven one second, and the next minute, like, this guy rips my heart out. It was, like, the worst day of my life, the most miserable moment of my life. Definitely just go from that sort of high down to that low. My dad had no clue because he wasn't there when we kind of arranged this all, so he's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. So we just, all right, whatever. So we just turned around and left, completely have no idea what happened, and then I even found out after that that Abby came with, like, a, whole bag of like Yankee merchandise, and like a foam finger and like a sweater and all that stuff. And she was like, "Right, where'd he go? Yeah. Where, where, where did James go? And again, even to this day afterwards, we never found out what the disconnect was. Now, again, I was 12 year, years old at the time. So maybe there was something going on that I didn't read. Maybe the guy's supervisor was right next to him and the guy can, didn't want to do it. Or maybe there was some people around that he just didn't want to see this happening. So again, I don't know what the disconnect was, uh, but again, d- did not get my, uh, Yankee autographs that night, and again left the stadium. You know, you know, pretty heartbroken because that's a that's that's like a major blow. Uh, you know, that's that's probably again the worst blow of my life. So, uh, basically, my dad went to his coworker, tried to figure out what the heck happened. We still never found out. So we set it up. All right, let's try it again a week later. And this was that Phil Rizzuto night at Yankee Stadium. again game against the Baltimore Orioles, and it was a sold out crowd because Rizzuto came onto the field, gave you know gave a few words as well because he just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And again, this is the story I told that. That night, they gave out a, a Phil Rizzuto little post, like a lithogram poster. Well, I guess you know, once the beer started kicking in by the fourth or fifth inning, a couple of people, well, actually a lot of people, were making paper airplanes out of these things and throwing them onto the field. in addition to that, behind you know where I was sitting with, with a bunch of people, there was these two drunk guys, just you know. Being loud, obnoxious, not really on purpose, but kind of like, you know, kicking the back of our seats, just like swinging their arm with a beer and like some beer was like splashing the back of your neck, just being loud and stupid. Again, they were having their fun. And again, as this is going on, different moments of this game, there's like a a whole fleet of paper airplanes being thrown onto the field. It got to the point where they had to stop the game and Bob Shepard got on the PA to to tell fans to stop throwing things onto the field. So it was like a, you know, uh, invasion of like uh, 10,000 airplanes just going all over the field left and right. I had a couple of them, so I took. I think I took two home. Obviously, I didn't make any paper airplanes, but yeah, I actually still have that thing to this day uh, from 1994. So eventually, they resumed the game. The Yankees actually ended up losing that game, that I remember. So I went to Abby again, and we kind of set the same thing up. We went to the guy, did the whole code. Abby sent me the same exact thing as before, and so it was like, let's try it this time. So we ended the game, go back down, see the security guy by the barricade. And that night, it was kind of crazy because it was just a sold-out crowd with the whole Rizzuto thing. I remember seeing Rudy Giuliani down there. He actually exited out of the Yankee clubhouse. I mean, he went because he was mayor at the time, probably maybe visited the Yankees after the game. And it was just a mob scene. It was just like so many people down there. See, the Cleveland game would have been better because it was kind of a low-key Friday night game. There weren't that many people there. You know, know, they won the game. The Yankees were probably in a, you know, players would be in a a better mood. This was the exact opposite. It was a, a mob scene down there. Uh, the Yankees had lost, and it was this craziness, and I figured, ah, you know what, I'm not going to be able to get any autographs because maybe the players aren't going to be in a good mood or whatever the case may be. But I go to the guy, do the same thing, and this time finally clicks in. He lets me go under the barricade, so great, now I'm in. And um, so I got it, you know, as uh, some of the Yankee players come out, I remember seeing the one of the early one was Paul O'Neill. Uh, I remember he just looked miserable because, you know, probably lost the game. I don't think he shouted because, like, he smelt, like, body odor. I Like, he smelt it. I remember he had a blue shirt on. Signed the ball for me again. Didn't really seem too happy, but you know, I guess he just lost the game. But I, so I say that. Uh, another uh, Yankee. So there was a Luis Polonia. Now he was like the exact uh, opposite. I think he took a shower. He smelled like he smelled like aftershave and cologne on him. They like almost burnt the the hair nose up my nostrils. Uh, he was signed the ball for me, and it was kind of ironic that I got those two to sign autographs back to back because two years later, the '96 World Series. Game five in Atlanta, it was that final at bat. That was the one nothing game where Andy Pettit um, uh John Smoltz. In that final at bat, though, I mean, Paul O'Neill was in right field with a bad hamstring, and Luis Poloni was up against John Wetland, and Poloni put a you know, good at bat on him, hit a, a fly ball to right field that O'Neill was barely able to track down, again, with that bad leg with a ha- uh, hamstring injury, but made the catch and slammed against the wall. So, again, that was in 96, so this ironic two years before that, kind of get both their autographs right next to each other like that. And there might have been one other player. I just can't remember off the top of my head who it was. I so only got like three autographs in right there. So it was kind of a bummer. know, yeah, I didn't see like Don Manningly there uh, like that. Or I didn't see, I didn't, oh no, it was Wade Boggs. I got Wade Boggs as well. There you go. So that was the third one, was Wade Boggs. So at least I got Wade Boggs. I wanted Don Manningly though, but unfortunately I didn't see him. Maybe he left early or he came after. I don't know. So I got like I got about three, four, maybe four autographs. It wasn't like a big thing. And there were two other kids that they allowed under the barricade as well. So, you know, it wasn't exclusively for me. So a couple of kids again had these, uh, this arrangement going on. So I got a few autographs, whatever. Went on the barricade, left. As I'm leaving the corridor, I noticed that there's a guy on a stretcher. Like he's just laid out and maybe, you know, they're waiting for the ambulance to come pick him up. I look and, um, again, I'm 12 years old at the time, so I could be mistaken. But it certainly looked like one of the two drunken guys that was behind us earlier in the game. So I don't know what happened, you know, they did like take off like in, you know in, like, the 56th inning then uh, so maybe I think they they went to go to seats somewhere else, maybe they went to go get better seats or something. But possibly they left when they left our area and went somewhere else maybe because they were in a, they were drunk and mess, you know, at the start of the game. Maybe they picked with the wrong person. I don't know, or maybe you know it was just one of the guys. I don't know what happened to the other guy. Maybe the other guy beat the other guy up, but this guy was laid out on a stretcher. Both of his eyes were swollen. His like nose is cut and I'm, I'm, I think it was alive, but he was just like laid out like ice cold on this stretcher. So whatever happened, I don't know what happened, when it happened, but someone beat the crap out of this guy. So kind of saw that as I was walking out the hallway to leave the stadium. This this guy waiting there on stretcher. So um, you know, so that it was just a wild night uh, overall. Uh, so that's the tale. So again, a little heartbreak there, but you know, in the end, I did get some Yankee autographs. Never found out what happened the first time, but got it corrected and. Uh, you know, and any silver line you got to see Rudy Giuliani up close, you know, whatever that's worth. So Section 420 Talking Yankees. Uh subscribe to the podcast, get you know, some new stories like this coming up, you know, whenever things jot into my head. Of course get series wrap-ups and all that more. So Section 420 Talking Yankees signing off.